Orchard Radio begins in three, two, one. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know if there's a black and white answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. So, (laughs) how are you feeling about Zaxby's now, church? This is, did Lurch just show up? This is Wretched Radio. You've heard the devastating news. Chick-fil-A, according to most headlines, has done gone woke, raising the question, how do we respond to a beloved institution when they appear to get off of their initial Christian rails, turn to the left, and fall into the ditch of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Now, a typical host, Friel, you're well below typical, a typical host would take this opportunity to say, (laughs) Zach Spies, just been waiting for you all along, evangelical, the better chicken sandwich, which isn't woke. Well, at least I don't know that they are. I haven't gone to their website, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to pretend I'm not bragging. Instead, with a great deal of Zaxby-like humility, Mm. as as pure as their honey mustard, I would like for us to do a little bit of a deep dive into how now we respond to organizations that make decisions we find downright objectionable. Chick-fil-A, if you didn't hear the news, they now have a statement posted on their website. It is long. The headline is diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is from Chick-fil-A.com. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, those are three words that are synonymous with Marxism. <laughs> it's just, we know what that's all about. And I think a major corporation, which is privately owned, by the way, a major corporation like Chick-fil-A would certainly understand the implications of using the DEI words. They are loaded with leftist baggage. Nevertheless, they jumped into these shark-infested waters and appear to be, well, at least for now, swimming with the sharks. From their website, the program is called Better At Together. And it states this in bold. First thing you can just do with this as you see fit. Chick-fil-A's corporate purpose is to serve waffle fries that are not nearly as satisfying as Zaxby's franchise. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You know, is there some sort of reading malady where you see words that you want to be on the page? I I think it's your glasses. I I think that I just experienced that. Chick-fil-A's purpose is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. So far, so good. Of course, Truett Cathy He was the fellow who started Chick-fil-A right here in Atlanta, Georgia. It is now an increasingly popular national chain, not in all regions, but they're making their way definitely out of the South. I think there's one in Minnesota, which, by the way, hey, Minnesota, (laughs) what's been going on up there since we left 15 years ago? Some new legislation that they won't accept the the kids who study that want to go in high school, that dual enrollment program to go to a private institution at Northwestern College and Crown were named specifically in the original introduction. It was an amendment to a law after 35 years. Don't count no more. If you go to a Christian institution, whoa, also far out marijuana. It's going to be legal in Minnesota. Going to give out of ice fishermen. A good way to pass the time. Apparently, that's what was in view because there can be no other explanation for the legalization of a drug that is increasingly potent. And Minnesota, increasingly liberal. Oy. When you think liberal now, you've got to think, of course, of the Northeast, the Northwest, California, which is Southwest. Well, it's just West, I guess. And Minnesota, <laughs> legalizing 
the devil's lettuce, which is never used on a Zaxby's sandwich. That's a different kind of lettuce. My point is Chick-fil-A promoting what appears to be diversity, equity, and inclusion, despite the fact that they say their purpose is to glorify God. Most of this six-page statement is pretty non-controversial. There may be some words baked into it, sort of like they're underbaked chocolate chip cookies. Now, again, I am not using this as an opportunity to promote Zaxby's. I'm just saying their cookies are underbaked. Most of the language in here appears to pass at least my sniff test as well introduced to woke language as I am or am not. One of our core values at Chick-fil-A is that we are better together. When we combine our unique backgrounds with a culture of belonging, we can discover new ways to strengthen the quality of care we deliver. But no harm, no foul. I'm don't know why it needs to be stated, but that's the era that we live in. These are things that, well, at least for a season, we understood. We intentionally promote equal opportunity through our processes and practices. We want to eliminate barriers to opportunities so all can thrive. They have a statement on valuing differences, creating a culture of belonging, believing the best in each other, honoring our differences, critical to becoming better at together. That's pretty non-offensive language. It's the DEI business. They conclude the whole shebang. Chick-fil-A is an equal opportunity employer that values diversity, equity, and inclusion. We make employment decisions on a non-discriminatory basis. Well, see, that isn't DEI, because <laughs> that's exactly what that does. And remain committed to maintaining work environments free from any form of harassment. What you going to do now, evangelical? I know Chick-fil-A has broken your heart in the past. In fact, they probably break it pretty much every Sunday morning after church. We have to ask the question, what are, what are we going to do in response to a privately held organization that appears to be leaving its original Christian moorings for something far more leftist, potentially even downright Marxist? You're going to eat a Chick-fil-A sandwich? You're going to say bye-bye waffle fries? No more peach shake? Well, I would be... <laughs> I think it would be downright cruel if I said it's just a simple answer. Go to Zaxby's. But I'm not going to do that. We're going to jump in to the Chick-fil-A sauce to try to figure out what do we do? Living in this world, Chick-fil-A ain't the first and it ain't going to be the last. Can we agree that at the very least, this is an issue of conscience? There might be some Christians who say can't go there anymore. There's going to be others who go, well, and maybe that tune will change if they claim some other territory, some other positions that are far left. But right now, you're going to have different Christians with different conscience responses, sort of like the Target business. Now, what Target did, that's pretty obvious. What? And wow, are they taking a beating? Their valuation down 10 billion dollars. Now, I know that's a drop in the federal debt bucket, but that's a lot of money for a corporation to be devalued because of their progressive and overt endorsement of all things June. That's that's what we used to call this month, by the way. I don't know if you see if you're under 20, you might not know that that this actually is called June and not Pride Month. I think there's going to be Christians who say can't do the target. Other Christians, eh, got to shop someplace. So at the very least, maybe we can recognize that. But maybe, just maybe, we would do well to at least consider, in part, this is where most of these debates go off the rails. Somebody will use a thought, a position, a Bible verse, and say, this is the way it ought to be. I don't think it's that tidy. I don't think that living in this wonky world is neat and easy and clean. It's complex. It's individualistic. It's conscience driven, but it most certainly should be trumped by the Bible. What does the Bible say we are supposed to be doing in light of a hostile society? How are we to react when somebody like Chick-fil-A or Target for that matter? I know they're not nearly the same institution, but how do we live? How do we respond 
Just heard a sermon on this on Sunday. Well done, Pastor Blackburn. First Peter 1 establishes what we must know before we consider how we respond, whether it's government, a bad boss, a terrible spouse. He sets the table, lays a foundation stating you're a peculiar people. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, all language that was formerly used for Israel. Now being adopted to be used for language for the church. Please note that does not mean the church has replaced Israel. It just means Peter is using familiar lingo to say this. You're different. You're supposed to be a peculiar people. And in light of that, he launches into a salvo of submission. Now, I suspect there might be some people that are thinking, oh, great, here we go. Another screed about church and state. No, not going to do that. We we just posted a video on that subject on the YouTube machine. This is this is not just one, but three pretty I would say they're more than implicit, explicit verses in 1 Peter 2 and 1 Peter 3 that I think need to be considered. I didn't say that they're going to solve the whole issue of Chick-fil-A or Target for that matter, but at least can guide us through the question, how now shall we live? (laughs) The Chick-fil-A's gone woke! This is Wretched Radio. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Masters Academy International. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know what's funny? My wife said the other day that I'm an expert, an expert in anything that involves running my mouth. And you know, she's right, but that's not what's important right now. What's important is reaching millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we need your help because Gospel Partners Media, that's us, exists to reach lost souls through culturally compelling, biblically sound productions. We realize if we make a great product that is unbiblical, then we have failed at what we're doing. So here's the deal. We're asking for you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner. Your faithful and consistent support will help us reach millions of people all over the world with a life-changing knowledge of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 to become a gospel partner today. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 64 AD, after fire ravages Rome, Emperor Nero blames Christians and unleashes the first state-sanctioned persecution of Christians. 
Roman persecution would continue for 250 years until Emperor Constantine officially recognized and defended Christianity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Sorry for this. Sort of. So I hear you looking for the biggest Zaxby's fan. Well, search no further, because I'm your man. My chicken and I are never apart. Only took me one bite, now he's got my heart. I love is like Zach sauce, perfect, divine. Yo, my chicken must be tired, he's been running through my mind. They think I'm obsessed, they call me insane. I'm proud to have my chicken, chicken always on the brain. I do. This is Wretched Radio, Chick-fil-A. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. How do we respond to the formerly beloved chicken chain known as Chick-fil-A? That is a question that I think is going to have a disparity of answers amongst evangelicals. I would simply like to throw one section of scripture into the conversation because these cultural issues, they get complex. they for in, okay, for instance, let's just say you're one of the people who's going, Chick-fil-A, they're woke, they're Marxists now. Okay, but you live in a town and you know the owner of the Chick-fil-A. You go to church with that guy and he's there on Sunday because he ain't working and he has no excuse for not attending church on Sunday. And he he's told you, oh, I reject all that business, anything that's Marxist, anything that's woke, the DEI. We won't discriminate against people. We will advance people who work well, but we're not into all of that monkey business. Can you go to that one? Oh, it's a franchise versus a corporate store. All kinds of considerations. But might I suggest First Peter is a consideration that can't be overlooked. As much as I'm going to want to try to apply this, I'm going to refrain from doing that just to hopefully remind us how each of us see these issues. It, it, sometimes it's crystal clear. Other times it's like, sometimes it's total mud. I, I think this is one of those situations where different Christians going to have different takes. First Peter, the book of persecution. Peter is reminding the Christians, hey, you're different. This is your, I'm going to use the I word, identity. That's right. The Bible talks about our identity being in Christ. I know it happens to be a word that has all kinds of baggage, but sorry, I just think it's still safe. Our identity is in Christ. We're, we're no longer black, white, rich, poor, slave, free, woman, male. We're, we're, we're in Christ. That's our identity. And Peter extrapolates on that identity. You are a chosen people. You are set apart. Hmm. Set apart for what? Why does Peter use the nation of Israel language? To describe the church, well, what was the purpose of Israel? We know that the promise to Abraham was a land, a nation, and a seed, a Messiah. But the nation of Israel was also supposed to be a light to lighten the Gentiles. If they responded well to the Mosaic Covenant, did what they were told, obeyed the laws, God would bless them lavishly, Exodus 19, so that the nations would see and want to know who their God is. Hmm. And that is precisely where Peter goes when he's talking to mostly Gentiles about the hostile culture that they are living in. Because I got to tell you something, Christians, they were always hated. Just read the book of Acts, Paul getting chased around by the Jews because he was promoting the hope of Israel, this sect called the way that these people were despised, all the blood business, the cannibals with the eating the body, drinking the blood. They're monotheistic. They won't worship the emperor. They were hated from the jump. You and I are too, even though there's been a veneer of politeness in our culture. That, that veneer is getting removed, and we're starting to feel it not nearly as much as the first century Christians, but nevertheless, we do have a text that helps us in part to know what to do with these corporations. Uh, do we go boycott? Do we picket? Do we scream? Do we yell against them? Do we perhaps blog about them, go on the radio, say bad things about them? Here's the text that I think is worthwhile. After, Paul, after Peter reminds us who we are, beloved, verse 11 of chapter 2, I beg you, 
as sojourners and pilgrims. Okay, that's more of who we are. We just are passing through this place. Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And here's why. Hinnaclaus, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, so when the world goes about the Christians, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. We're supposed to live exemplary lives so that the world, even when they get mad at us, say nasty things about us, we remove that because it's pretty hard to argue against incorruptible behavior. But then it goes on. He launches into a, a three-segment salvo on submission. Submit to governor, submit to your boss, submit to your husband. But here's, here's, here's why. Submit yourselves to every ordinance for the Lord's sake, ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king is supreme, governors, etc. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Oh. I see. So the world is watching. And we are supposed to live lives, speak words that do not cause the pagan world that has a great deal of animosity that they'd love to express toward us. It gets removed. It's not there. How we react to these stories, how we speak, what what we tell the world, it is important. Now, here's where it gets dicey. Aren't we commanded to speak the truth in love? Yes, we are. Peter is saying, watch it. Just be careful how you respond. Be careful what you do. Be careful about what you say. And this is this different Christians are going to say different things with different tones. And I do believe that there's a a variety that is within an acceptable palette for Christian response. But. We can't take this this section of scripture off the table, that persecution, difficulties, a world that is increasingly corrupt and hostile, uh, that it that it doesn't have eternal consequences. So how you speak about Chick-fil-A, the inferior restaurant to Zaxby's. Sensational, sensational. My love for you is so tasteable. We want to watch how we respond. Kevin DeYoung writing a rather interesting article laying out seven steps of capitulation. How it is that an organization, now you can have Chick-fil-A in view if you choose to. They're not a Christian organization per se. It's a privately held organization. The founder, definitely a believer who loved the Lord and a good chicken sandwich, did this business to glorify God, closing down on Sundays to honor the Sabbath. But it's it's not a Christian corporation per se. It's privately held, and they do business with the public. But what about the Christian institutions, the Christian churches, the Christian denominations? Well, what, do you, what do you do with people who once were firm but now they're starting to waffle, and I'm not making a reference to fries at Chick-fil-A. Here's Kevin DeYoung. There's a series of familiar steps. One, first, there is silence. The evangelical leader, publication, or institution used to be clear on matters of sexuality and marriage. Just doesn't talk about those things. Doesn't matter how big the eruption is. Step number two, complexification. We got to study this. We need to ask some questions. Perhaps we didn't understand the Greek word that was actually only used in 1946 by the New Revised Standard Version that coined a word homosexuality. We've got to think this through. That's step number two. Step number three, there is usually an explicit pivot to other issues. Sex and marriage are set aside as minor ethical conundrums distractions, more urgent concerns like racial justice, poverty. And then he says something interesting or missions and evangelism. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can handle the poverty critique, the people that are liberals, but evangelism, that's the conservative side. And he recognizes we've got to be careful on the conservative side. We don't capitulate and fail to speak out. We are commanded to speak out now. First, Peter helps us know what that tone should be and what we should be saying. But we've got to speak up. We should be saying Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. I wonder if 
Tim Hawkins is going to write a song, part two, about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, we used to go every single day. Now your values seem so far away. Oh, I believe in Zaxby's. I don't know if he's going to write that or not. Step three. There's usually an explicit pivot to other issues. We take on other causes. We've got to be careful that we don't see an even good cause as something that disqualifies our speaking out. We see frustration with those pointing out the sin as those committing the sin. So the people who critique it are worse than the people committing the sin. And then they somehow start to say, you know, let's just set the Old Testament aside. Hmm. Arguments become intensely personal. I know somebody. How dare you? And finally, they celebrate sin. The steps to capitulation going to be happening a lot more. We would do well to think it through now. This is Wretched Radio. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the seed of the woman. Immediately after the fall of man, God promised a savior who would be the offspring of the woman. Jesus was born of a virgin, a divine savior born of the seed of woman. This is Wretched Radio with Tom Frio. I would love a John MacArthur study Bible. And we would love for you to have one. This is Wretched Radio. So close, we can taste it. I don't think that actually made sense. The point is so many wretches have volunteered. Okay, they've given money to send MacArthur study Bibles to our brothers and sisters in the Philippines, and we are so close to hitting our goal of 10,000, would like to encourage you and be encouraged that by sending these study Bibles, you'll be making a generational impact. I'm telling you, this will have profound reverberations in the Philippines. These are people who go to good churches. They go to Master's Academy graduate churches. So they learn. They are, they are being taught well, but they themselves don't have any resources. I'm Alfonso Rosas. I got saved when I was 18 and I was studying the book of Proverbs. I would love a John MacArthur study Bible to help in my exegesis and my, in, in my hermeneutics of the word. What? To help me in my devotions and in my ministry to the youth. What? He knows about exegesis and hermeneutics? Yes, he's being taught. But he's not one of those youth workers who has an office with a library filled with commentaries and other resources. There is a paucity of good, theologically correct commentaries, Bible studies in the Philippines. And that is why we are encouraging you to join us so that we can equip people like Alfonso and so that we can provide study Bibles so that people who are in good churches can grow on their own. Oh, the John MacArthur Study Bible will really be a big help for me and for others when I share the gospel. Our brothers and sisters, hoping that you will respond to the call to send 10,000 MacArthur Study Bibles to the Philippines. You can do that at wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. And speaking of Megyn Kelly, no, we weren't, but we have to segue somehow into the content du jour, which is also the content of the day. It's delicious. I think we're going to have that. Don't know if you saw. I'm sorry. You were distracted. You were going to wretched.org slash Bible. I'll just let you finish that test. Wretched.org slash Bible. In the meantime, we'll carry on about Megyn Kelly carrying on about pronouns thought this was fascinating and perhaps something from which we can learn so that as we engage the culture, we can know how to communicate best that it's a challenge for Christians to participate in a deception. And furthermore, it is a very daunting task for the Christian to go along with the thinking of somebody whose thinking is really broken. Megan Kelly, for years, she 
admittedly, you got to give Megan Kelly some props on this. I, I, I don't follow Megan a lot. I certainly remember that she was on Fox News. I don't even remember what the kerfuffle was, why she left, etc. Frankly, I don't even know where she's at right now. But I do see a woman who is she's figuring some things out. And she's realizing, yikes, I was complicit for years in this. And you've got to give her props for that. She spent the this video, we're only going to listen to a moment or two, but she, this was about 17 minutes long. And most of it was, hey, here's this is how I participated. This was my thinking on the issue. But I keep seeing all of these abuses of women. And therefore, I can't take it no more. I've stood all I can stand and I can't stand no more. And so she's deciding no more with the pronoun mm, acquiescence. It is beyond time to stand up to the trans lobby. That means to deprive women of their spaces and rights. To the men who pose as trans women to gain access to places like sorority houses, only to exploit the women who'd been strong-armed into welcoming them. No. I want to applaud her for her changing of her position and realizing what this movement actually does, the implications of it. But I, I would like to suggest that perhaps the Christian position, while it can contain some of the reasons Megyn Kelly is going to give for not wanting to use people's pronouns, uh, I, do, I, don't, I don't think it goes far enough. And furthermore, as, as much of a joy as it is to watch somebody with a willingness to say, hey, look, I used to think this. Now I think that that is so rare these days. And so, Megan, if you're listening, <laughs> this is not attempting to be a diss, but perhaps, too, we can hear Megan is actually quite, um, well, I would say agitated jimmy would that be a fair she's 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 pretty annoyed about this yeah it seems that way yeah and 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 i i get it because there should be some righteous indignation there is no question about that but i would suggest we can learn two things from megan number one that it's not enough it's not enough it's good but it's not enough to just say the trans movement hurts women that 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 is that is good but here's Here's where I see the Achilles heel. We will say, hey, look at this guy in the MMA fight breaking the face of a woman because he thinks that he's a girl. Okay, they're going to show video of just the opposite happening. But look here, this good thing is happening. Or we share a study that says women overall feel this way because men are using their bathrooms. Well, we've got a study that says these people feel spectacularly happy that they get to use the bathrooms and it becomes a study swap. I've got this one. I've got that one. We need to, I think, address the issue and have a call to authority. Because if we engage in the this study versus that study, this anecdote versus that anecdote, um, I don't think that's that's a winnable tactic. This is one of those times where we Christians, I think, need to, we can indeed, I think, tap into the remnant of logic that remains in our society. It is entirely obvious to all of nature there are boys and girls. That is, that is beyond basic. But if, if you can't grasp that, then I'm just going to tell you this is what God says. Because if we just try to say, well, this happened, that I don't like this, I don't like that, it becomes the battle of the narratives and the battle of emotions. Furthermore, I would like to suggest one of the things that I would like for Megan to actually go a step further is to say that these people actually have, and I don't need, I'm not trying to use language, I can't keep up to speed on every single politically correct word, they have a mental illness. And we have to say it. These are people who are troubled. We want to help these people not be complicit in their delusion. These people, they need pity. Oh, I know that seems to be a, such a pejorative. Well, they do. They need pity. So do the homeless people. Did you see how nonsense this is so staggering to me in New York? 
They just opened up vending machines so that homeless people, I'm sorry, the underserved can have drug paraphernalia and birth control. What? You think that we're helping people? This, by the way, was a news story. This is this is the woman announcing it. See, these people are under underserved. We don't see them as needing anything that would improve the quality of their life. They're just fine. And you need to make sure that you help them because they're merely underserved because this is a perfectly acceptable category of lifestyles. Thank you so much for coming. On behalf of Services for the Underserved, I'm Rebecca Lynn Walton, and I'm so grateful and honored to have both the commissioner here and more importantly to have partnered with the health department on this life-saving service. It's a life-saving, providing drug paraphernalia, life-saving service because we don't want them to get a dirty needle. Of course, here's an option. Don't do it. There you go. I want to keep it brief because much more interesting than me talking is we're going to do a presentation where we're going to do a demo of how to get these life-saving tools outside of the vending machine. Please note, life-saving tools. You don't provide these, you're killing these people. There's an option. How's about we see them as regularly having either a drug addiction or mental illness and we get in and actually help them. And I just wanted to say that many of us come to this field because we know someone or we had a loved one who's been impacted by substance use or mental illness. Okay. And this is going to help them. See, we no, we can't change them because that would indicate that we're better than they are. And that would be racist, I think, and sexist, sort of, of some sort, and we can't have that. We want to make sure that they have the life-saving tools they need. That would be three life-saving tool references. On their way to recover. We see this as just your first stop on your way to hopefully getting care and getting housing and getting all you need from SUS or any other organization in New York City. Hold on. On your way to care, we're going to provide free tools for you to do the very thing that you should actually be getting help for. This, this, This is the autonomous self. This this is all about you cannot ever suggest somebody's actual them on the inside of themselves is less or needing or deficient in some way. And I think it's time for Christians, unlike Megan Kelly, time for Christians to actually say so. This is Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, we've noticed something interesting. Some of you have previously supported us here at Wretched, and we are so extremely grateful for that. We're like, wow, what a blessing. But then we got to thinking, what if we could multiply that blessing? Think about it for just a second. Paul's message to the Philippians, he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, whom I long to see, stand firm in the Lord. Standing firm is not just a one-time thing. It's an ongoing commitment. It's like eating your vegetables and brushing your teeth. So we thought, hey, why not invite our previous supporters to take a step further and become an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Imagine the impact we could make together, reaching millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And don't worry, I'm not asking you to sell your car or give up your morning Starbucks, but we do hope you'll prayerfully consider standing firm with us on a monthly basis. And again, we want you to understand that we are so grateful for your previous support, but you might find that being an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner is kind of like having dessert every day. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel.
I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Mexican. Providence is the word we use to describe God's preserving, upholding, and governing of His creation. God sustains His creation day to day through ordinary means established at the beginning of time, and He intervenes in miraculous ways. In all things, God is working for His glory and for the good of those who love Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I know that I'm here because I received 21 years ago life-saving services myself because of a loving family and a community that got me into recovery. And I'm here today to say that it shouldn't be luck or privilege that gets you into services. It should be easily accessible to everyone we know and love in New York. Life-saving services, drug paraphernalia, so you can keep shooting up the crack. Hope there's no fentanyl involved in that because we would not want to judge somebody who actually does need help. They don't need life-saving services to facilitate their mental illness and their drug addiction. We need to recognize we live in a fallen epoch. People's brains are kafritz, all of ours, to varying degrees. And when we see somebody whose brain is clearly not working rightly to fit within the norms of society, real love, real compassion says, no, your lifestyle isn't right. New York City deciding based on their worldview. This is Carl Truman's Strange New World. We are here because it is the therapeutic self. It is all about being the real you inside of you. Now, this is the romantic idea that to be really, really alive means to act out what's on the inside and reject everything that culture says on the outside. And this is another manifestation of that. In New York City, this is actually a news broadcast. We are celebrating this, a vending machine that has birth control pills, not prescribed, no oversight of a medical professional. Just give them the drugs and deal with it out on the streets. And while you're at it, have fun shooting up because we're going to provide needles for you because, well, we need to provide Life-saving services. I just want to say thank you so much on behalf of services for the underserved. We work really closely with communities. This is on the grounds of a supportive housing site, and we want to make sure that all New Yorkers have safe and respectful access to care and housing and services. So while you're staying in this facility from which you can come and go, you can lapse and relapse, we want to make sure you have the tools to be able to relapse and not succeed. What is what is this? It's an unchristian worldview. It is a it is a post-Christian ideology that doesn't want to state the obvious. That lifestyle is bad. That lifestyle is wrong. It's outside of the norm. And that actually, believe it or not, brings us back to one Megan Kelly. That's right, Megan Kelly, formerly of Fox News. It appears she's on Sirius XM. She's I, I seriously like a genuine <laughs> slow clap, like a good slow clap, not a sarcastic slow clap, a good one, because she's saying, hey, for five years, six years, I participated in what I now believe is a bad thing. Using people's pronouns that they think describe themselves as opposed to what is clear and obvious to everyone. 
And I think we can learn from her arguments. I, I don't think that they go as far as they, they will need to. She has argument by anecdote. They're strong anecdotes, but nevertheless. And if she brings in anything empirical, we've got a study, we've got a test. I promise you, seen it before. Here's the other, the other side finds a test. They hire a company. They do some research and wah and la. No, our study says, and all of a sudden it's just a cut. Well, this, no, that study doesn't have, and the test group and that study. Instead, I think we need to have a call to authority. Ultimately, the Christian argument, and I know this probably makes the atheist chortle, but ultimately, after discussing all of these issues, using as much logic and reason as can be received by somebody who is clearly not logical or reasonable, there must be a call to authority because you can appeal to science. But haven't we seen this? All these people that used to have these signs on their front lawns. We trust the science. Well, when it's convenient, but when it goes against something that we think is right, then we just kind of ignore biology and chromosomes. And what we can see with our own eyes is different. They say they trust science, but they don't really. So we can appeal to science. They're going to reject it. We can share anecdotes. They're going to share their stories. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And as we go, now you can be the judge of this. Uh, Megan Kelly's tone. She's, she's clearly upset. And I think that's right, actually. It, it is right. Uh, I, all of us are so tainted by this culture that is so hypersensitive about everything. And we as Christians, we do want to be hypersensitive, but there's, there's something that brings a balance to that hypersensitivity. And that is reality and the effects of evil. And so, yeah, we want to be thoughtful. We want to be genuine. We want to be the most thoughtful people. We really do. But at the same time, when you read stories of children getting molested to say, well, you know, sometimes these people just had very difficult upbringings. And, well, we're going to hope that to get them the life-saving services that they need. We're buying another vending machine. You go, whoa, 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 that ain't right. Having said that, these folks aren't enemies. They have a mental illness. And they need help and they need the gospel. The men who grow their hair long, throw on a dress, pop on their TikTok filter, and then threaten to kill us if we object to them coming into our private spaces. To the mutilation of our children by money-driven doctors and the rape of our imprisoned sisters and the theft of our medals and opportunities to win. Gotta tell you, I, I can understand why she's, she's, she's agitated. She's seeing an assault on her gender. Uh, you, you, can, you can hardly blame her, can you? And then maybe, maybe, honestly, there's a possibility that maybe our tone has been too soft too often. How can we stand up to any of this if we are complicit? How can we fight for facts if we participate in this fiction that a man can become a woman, that transitioning is possible. And then we try to say, no, she cannot come into our locker rooms or bathrooms or swimming lanes or sororities. We tried to say, no, Target, she can buy her bathing suit with the extra fabric to hide her. Yeah. I, I hope you beep this out, Jimmy. In some other store, it doesn't make sense because it isn't true. And we know it's not true. And to pretend that it is true is to foster a lie that is hurting too many people, almost all of them girls. That, that, that is very true. But remember, but let's remember, by participating in the delusion, it's also harming these people. They aren't getting better. They aren't getting healthier. They're spiraling even further. Women and girls, they say pronouns are a gateway drug. They open the door to these lies that lead to real harm to real females. They are a clever rhetorical trick that forces you to see the argument about women's spaces before you've ever even spoken one word of substance. People with genuine gender dysphoria can lobby to create their own spaces. I will support them. No, see, that's, that's where I, I think this falls short. We don't want to support mental illness. See, she doesn't want to use pronouns because that makes it complicit because of the effect that it has on her gender. 
And I agree with that, but it's also these people. And if we don't say what it actually is and what it is doing to them, then we're not being consistent. Megan doesn't want to use pronouns because it hurts her gender. But if the trans lobby wants to have trans stuff, I'll support that. No, we shouldn't support it. Genuine compassion would say, no, we don't support any of it because it's not just about the effects of what you're doing on others, but the effects of what it does to yourself. To create open categories in sport, I will support them. The answer in the interim is not women lose, girls get hurt. Females learn to turn off their innate sense of danger, of fairness, of the joy of spending time with only women. Kids, too, can grow to adulthood and do what they want with their bodies. I will have empathy for them. Again, uh, we, would, we would have sympathy for them that their noetic effect is that extraordinary, but we don't want to support that. So, Megan, if you're listening, sorry, I just have to, I just have to chuckle one more time. If you're listening, I would encourage you, you've taken some steps, you're thinking things through, and a genuine salute for your willingness to do what a talk show host rarely, if ever, does. Jimmy, I think, did I that one time admit that I changed my mind and was possibly wrong? No. Because it didn't happen. Yeah, but (laughs) if it does, I hope to be like Megyn Kelly, who at least had the willingness to say, my thinking on this has evolved. So salute and props encouragement. We need to go further and we need to be consistent with understanding, yes, the trans movement, it is hurting women in general, but we don't want to support their delusion by creating a new class of genders, a new category of genders because of what it is actually doing to them too. And ultimately, At the end of the day, which at the end of the day is one of my least favorite sayings. Seriously, at the end of the day, it is. We need a higher authority, and that is the Bible. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.